To access everything Autish for all your Autish needs, please access autish.card.co, card spelled as C-A-R-R-D. This provides my blog, podcast, YouTube and social media. Hello and welcome to the Autish Podcast. My name is Onikage and this autism podcast, like my blog, provides various autistic content. Today is going to be an info dump episode. Me and my special guests are going to be talking about various things about ambient music. We'll be also talking about this, my guest's autistic story as well, so I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope future episodes provide this because I want people to feel comfortable expressing their stories but also expressing their interests in a platform where they can actually let it out. And on that note, let's move on to our special guest. My name is Amis. I'm a music journalist, a ambient music producer, and also a podcast host. Um, my podcast is called The Amis Show. Yay! <laughs> That's, it's good to have you here in the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be on. I heard your first episode um, with an interview with uh, Tom Honey, and it's, it was just so much fun to listen to. <laughs> I'm so glad you thought that it was just very I thought we'd we'd record the podcast at at the pub and I just wanted to bring out a re- a really relaxed atmosphere and I've and we just spoke about how live music's been affected by the whole covid pandemic and and also also he he's a ambient music producer as well so so I thought it would be great to get his perspective on the whole situation yeah. And it was a really fun conversation, actually. I was just very overwhelmed by the reaction. So thank, thank you so, so much. No worries. <laughs> I do, uh, the more chill the podcasts are when people are just having a natural conversation, the more interesting it is to listen to because you get to hear people's stories and that. And I try and do a similar thing with mine. So I hope, I, I hope I've got that um, intention across because people seem to enjoy my podcast. So I think, I think it does work. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, I um, I heard um, I've heard a couple of episodes of your podcast as well, and, and that, that that definitely that definitely comes across. Um, like, because because um, you, you, your guests seemed really comfortable with with the questions, and they and it, it's just a really like nice, relaxed atmosphere, which which really really helps. I agree with you. Those are those are the best podcasts to, to listen to because you can tell that everyone's having a good time and the the, the atmosphere is really great. Yeah. Could you tell us um, your autistic journey and um, things like when you've been diagnosed and how you've been coping your life as an autistic person? I first got diagnosed when I was uh, I was three years old. I mean, I don't remember that far back, but the earliest memories I can remember was when I was like five and. I felt that I was quite different to to um, other people. I think I like I liked being on my own. I liked being on my own quite a uh, quite a lot of the time, and I sort of like had my own like special interests, like music and football, and I sort of cope coped uh, fairly well uh, generally. But I also this was the first time I kind of noticed stimming patterns as well. I used to and still do talk to myself quite a lot, um, which is it's kind of my sort of 
favourite thing to do. But mm. um, but yeah, like I sort of felt a bit embarrassed about my autism growing up because I was I was sort of in school with like a lot of obviously like neurotypical kids and for years I felt I felt like a bit embarrassed about sort of being a bit being a bit different and there was a part of me that like wanted to be normal but yeah I kind of felt for years that that I I wanted to be normal and fit in after being told by some of my teachers that I that um well back in back in secondary school um that I was underachieving like they told me that I'd only be good enough for like a level one catering course and I kind of felt I kind of felt a bit demeaned and I kind of wanted to I wanted to sort of change my mindset and accept myself a bit more and yeah another thing that kind of really affected my autism was when like my like my mum was always really really supportive of me and and would fight would fight my every corner and then yeah. when I when I lost her when I was 12 that was really really hard um I'm sorry to hear that thank you um but yeah it was it was a uh, it was like to lung cancer and that oh. was like that that really rocked me completely and I didn't really care about anything I I didn't care about school I didn't really I sort of drew, got a bit isolated. Yeah. And then, like, after a few years of feeling like this, my dad and my stepmom were super supportive of me, and they, and my stepmom said to me, "Why don't you like?" She 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 saw my love of music, and she and said to me, "Why don't you do a music production course at college?" And that was after. A year at a sixth form college where I didn't have a very good time at all. I felt demeaned by some of my old school friends at the time, and also some some of the teachers were kind of being a bit over suffocating and weren't allowing me to be myself. I felt that by doing music production, I thought it would express myself a lot more. Yeah, and I'm really thankful that it did. And after acing it, getting into like all types of music, including like electronica and like ambient and like all different types of that then yeah. I, I ended up going to uni and doing music production there and getting a 2-1 out of it hey nice well done <laughs> I got a 2-1 uh, on my my bachelor's of photography and I passed my master's I make music as well I self-taught <laughs> <laughs> I've been self-taught a lot of creative stuff but I hold my skills in university like photography or video editing but music um, I play by ER and a perfect pitch so I can tell when songs off key um, I make electronic music myself and just put it in my other YouTube channel uh, it used to be my SoundCloud but ran out of space and I'm not paying for it so <laughs> uh, yeah I know that struggle as well sort of putting like I put a lot of my songs on SoundCloud and then I thought I'm not paying for it, so I need to like get rid of it to make more space for new songs. Yeah, I just try but... and keep my best or the ones that had the most views, and that's just like dormant. But it's like you can listen to them. But I use YouTube because when I want to experiment with video effects for audition stuff, I do that yeah. for me for my songs. I put my song in the background. Go, this is my song. Here's some shiny effects to accompany it. And it's good practice and I love doing it for fun and I'm learning After Effects and more every day and slowly but surely doing more video things and transitions and stuff and it 
you never know, I might help people out in the future for things like that, but at the moment it's mainly myself for auditioning that and my blog work and that. You said um, you're an ambient music producer? I mainly make like ambient, down-tempo, chill-out music because it's kind of, when I first sort of got, in, got into making music in college, I kind of found out how to keep something in time and yeah. with a, a song that's got a faster tempo, I kind of because I'm such a perfectionist when I make music, I oh, have to I. make sure that everything... <laughs> I'm the exact same. Yeah, and and I kind of thought I can make like drum and bass songs as well, but I find but I find if I make something too fast, I'm gonna it, it's more of an effort to keep it in time. Yeah, and if I make a sort of slower song, it's easier for me to to sort of make to, to make my own melody and yeah. And I prefer like slower drum beats anyway. It's quite calming as well. Mm. It's better because I make music in the evening, especially in in a dark room, because it, it you can really sort of feel the ambience, and no one's up to like make any kind of disturbing sounds. Wow, and um, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, most of the time I prefer making music in the evening because as you say it's like the ambient and it's definitely a different feeling at night compared to during the day and usually I have like um I have string lights to my left um skull string lights and I have like yeah. a Himalayan salt lamp to my right and I also have like a mood lamp which is similar to the one in my background um I usually feel more motivated at night and when I look into inspirations and that music always gives me a rush it's like one of my favorite audio stems in the planet it just makes me go and I listen to the same riff over and over and over and over and over but unfortunately this year I've been in a huge music rut every time I make a song I abandon it I think I've only made like oh I think I've made two original songs and I actually made two remixes I don't make remixes very often but when I do I actually did a collaboration with um, someone. Um, this is another one of work yeah. music podcast in Autish, so apologies, viewers. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in my music, um, <laughs> um, I'll mention links in yeah. the end. <laughs> That's really awesome, though, because you're right. It kind of it brings out a whole different different feel. And when I write about music as well, I kind of I can sort of really get in a different headspace. So if so, if I zone into if I have to review a song or an album, I sort of zone into it completely and lose myself. Yeah. And I have that generally with music. I sort yeah. of just z- go out of the zone completely. Same. I usually like to think of nice little scenarios in my head. I have to have movement when I listen to music, whether it's walking or on a bus. Mm. And that's usually how I get my best ideas from like my blogs and stuff. And it's just a fantastic thing. But when speaking of ambient music, um, I noticed that it's kind of both of our special interests. Actually, I have a few blog posts in Autish about special interests. One of them is about ambient music. So for those who want to know more into detail about how I got into it, feel free to look into that on my Autish blog. To be brief about it, um, I got into it originally with relaxing, cheesy music, like New Age. That's how it started around late 2000s. I was always interested in things like that, like all peace and all that, all that cheesy (laughs) New Age cheese. Spiritual stuff. Yeah. Like kind of spiritual music. Yeah, it was pretty much that. And then eventually it did grow into ambient music. But before then, I was using Winamp. R.I.P. Winamp. (laughs) Uh, Winamp. um, (laughs) 
Winamp radios, and it was finding different radios, online radio stations around the web, and there was like a few new age, there was some like ambient noises, like a, like a washing machine or something, or an aeroplane, although aeroplanes are quite scary because it gets louder and louder and it goes close to your ears and you're just like, ah! And then mm. one day I found Ambient Sleeping Pill, and this this is when it just uh, appeared online. It was like maybe a few weeks old at this point, I couldn't tell you, it was definitely new because... After I tried Ambient Sleeping Pill, like a few days later, it was like, oh, we're we're shut we're shut for a bit. We need to sort our servers, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so that's how I found Ambient mm-hmm. Music and Good Tom Honey's Good Weather for an Airstrike, and Ambient Music is perfect for me because it keeps me subdued, and I listen to it when I sleep. And um, because New Age can be too structured, it's like it's like a it's like a normal it's like a pop song in a way. It has a structure or a beat or even if it's no beat. But ambient, it's just droning. But it has its own soundscapes and such, and that's why I love it so much. I do like drone here and there, but if I want more sounds, I'd rather do that when I'm studying or listen to dark ambient, not when I'm sleeping. Because <laughs> obviously, when you're sleeping, you need something like that that helps you drift off. And I mean ambient. Ambient music's perfect for that. Like yeah. some like sometimes I listen to ambient sleeping pill like while while I sleep. Yeah. Although I I quite like you know like those videos which are like rain like rainforest sounds or sounds in a library that go on for three hours. Yeah, I listen to them as well, yeah. Yeah. They're great for they they're great for studying. Oh they are, definitely because it, it makes you imagine you you're in a completely different place and yeah it's even better when you have good headphones i mean these are good enough and it's just like oh i want to listen to the rain even if i'm not exactly there it's funny because what i love about like relaxing music is that everyone has a different definition of relaxing music some like us ambient music and that for me sometimes it's new age i mean i had a bit of a new age binge last month for the first time in years and it was quite nice other people like lo-fi music and i like lo-fi it's chill Although I get sick of it, I've listened to it too much because a lot of it followed the strange structure. And my partner's been listening to lo-fi stuff, although most of the time it's like Legend of Zelda remixes. And as much as I love Zelda, there's so many Zelda remixes online, I get personally sick of it. (laughs) I know that sounds shocking as a gamer, how Zelda knows. I've heard so many remixes, it's tiring at this point. It's like, could it be something else? But a few people have been recommended what's what's relaxing music, and I'm like, um, well, it depends on what you listen to. Some people might like soft stoner rock or things like Pink Floyd, but others mm. could like ambient or new age. And I I've played ambient sleeping pill in the background while my partner has been falling asleep, and he's just like, oh, and I turned it off, and it's like, wait, is that relaxing for you? Okay, <laughs> but he doesn't understand oh. drone though. He's like. Because we, me and him, my partner, know a friend that loves drone music and thinks more experimental, probably more experimental than me, and listens to actual drone. I can appreciate it. My partner's just like, what is this? <laughs> it, it's very different, isn't it? It, it, it? It's it's very different to, like, ambient music. Mm-hmm. Spotify's helped, though. Spotify's gave me a lot more genres to listen to, like IDM and um, um, techno dub, down tempo, more down tempo stuff, things like Tycho and that. Um, who yeah. I've seen, actually seen live, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, so music like music like that can be considered relaxing to people. Stuff like Tycho and Boards of Canada and that. Boards of Canada, are brilliant. Yeah, they're Scottish, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they are. And also, selected ambient works by Aphex Twins, really good as well. 
Yeah, I'm slowly getting into Apex Twin. At first I was a bit... I heard one song and I was like, I like it. But then I heard more stuff in my Discover Weekly and Spotify or remixes and it's like, this is Apex Twin. And I'm like, well, that's why they're so big and popular. These tunes are so bad. They're they're a grower. Mm. Um, yeah. But Boards of Canada, I, I, I was just like, they're, they're great. Because <laughs> someone who I used to work with got me into all this kind of IDM and uh, and Apex Twin and Boards mm. of Canada. And I listened to it and I'm like, this is perfect to listen to when i'm doing housework oh I yeah it's good when you just have yeah if it's a continuous beat for like 10 minutes then it's it's just it's just perfect and yeah with with albums like that i'm really bad at knowing what the songs are called but i but <laughs> if, I listen to them, if i listen to it, they've all got weird names as well so i i don't know how to pronounce it so i just listen to it as a whole yeah and it, and it, it it just helps me focus so much more. Yeah. Do you think um, the as as ambient music um, and other genres are like a special interest to you? Do you think they're a good stem? Like if you're listening a certain certain song, you feel like you have to move around and rush around, or your brain's just going whoa kind of thing. Do you think it's like a, 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 an audio stem for you? It just makes you feel so. Um, either excited or calm or just content really it's definitely like an audio stim like because i was thinking what my favorite what my favorite stim is and i and i thought it it might be talking to myself because Mm. i've done that ever since i was a kid and it probably helps with coming up with ideas for the podcast yeah but um it's probably just moving around either moving around to sort of or like play like playing with my hands to like ambient music or just music in general or if I'm, or, or if I'm listening to like metal or something I'll, I'll start I'll just start headbanging like crazy yes oh the best time to do that is when you're in a gig and everyone else is like minded like you oh everyone's just enjoying themselves and you're just going yeah I've not really been to many metal gigs I, I want yeah. I've been to one that had multiple bands and at one point I just got headbanging and I was like this is great it was like a smaller venue so everything was packed and I was at the back at the safe zone next to the bar but it was still so much fun and someone in front of me was like j- like jumping up and down really excited and it's just like oh it's so cute and one of the people were just like yeah at me and I'm just like yeah back and it's, that's what I love about gigs. Even just for a little while, you find people that you enjoy being with. Um, we're all mm. in the same boat and we're all enjoying each other in our own little world for a bit. And yeah, that that's exactly how I feel at gigs. I mean, I go. I mean, I I see it as a big escapism, like gigs and festivals. Yeah. There's this um indie indie pop festival called Indie Tracks, um, mm. which is basically based at a little steam train station and. They have bands doing little acoustic sets on the steam train and they've got a stage in a little church and they've got a stage in an indoor train shed. It got cancelled this year. Yeah. yeah. Just like, well, just like most gigs this year, yeah, unfortunately. But, this is not the year of gigs. It sucks. <laughs> I know, I know. But before that, I went, I went for the past, what, seven years and I just, I think the first time I went there, I completely lost my mind because i don't think i've ever gone there and not had a sore throat after every day i've been there oh i'm the, i know that feeling because you just start shouting it's 
yeah. I always should take paracetamol <laughs> every time I go home yeah. so I reduce the pain afterwards. That's happened like all the time, and and pe- people just love it. I think I, I I think people love my enthusiasm, and and that that's how like I've made so many friends there. Oh, that's cute. That that is awesome. Back to autism, as we were talking about our special interests for this entire episode, which I hope most of you guys don't mind, especially music enthusiasts. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. mind having episodes of people uh, us discussing about special interests because that's part of the autistic community is just info dumping and I I will encourage that and even if it's something I don't know I love learning something new. What would you encourage other autistic people who are struggling whether it's children adults especially how you've had a long journey since you had a diagnosis since childhood? I'd say um, if you do have a special interest like embrace it it embrace it in whatever you do because someone someone's going to be interested in it some like if like for example if say your special interest is like trains or so someone's going to be interested in that sort of thing so embrace it more embrace it more don't let anyone get you down either because you're you're awesome but no, that's that's a that's a good way to to think of a lot of people do get pushed down with their special interests over the years I definitely have a lot of interests I had, special interests I had over the years. I've always been criticised for, um, especially by um, family members or friends that didn't understand. It happened a lot when I was um, a child slash teenager. Nowadays, I don't give a crap what people think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 fe- I felt that. I felt that as well, like, with my... So like sometimes I felt like people criticised me for it, but it was with me it was much more internal. Like I was like with with me it was like so, so sometimes I'd wonder to myself like am I like too obsessed? Am I like boring? But then but then I, I think about it and it's like no I, I I don't care what people think. Yeah, <laughs> as as you get older, the more you realise you know what they're missing out. If they think it's lame, fine. Um, they don't have to like it, but they shouldn't stop others from liking it. They're they're the ones that are re- projecting their insecurities into us, and it doesn't help that when you get it done with your own family, you tend to lose your confidence as you get older, which unfortunately has happened to me. But I'm slowly regaining that. It's like stem dancing online. I was really nervous at showing it at first because I used to get criticised for stems when I was a child, like, rocking or flapping my hands. And I've only regained them recent years. Well, I've always kept hand flapping, but rocking slowly came back, but it's more subtle than it used to be. But with stems, even if people say things, at the end of the day, it's not harming anybody, unless it's harmful stems, and it's special interest. As long as it, it encourages me to do good good things or keep myself occupied, it's all good. So... <laughs> yeah. This is true. This is true. I'm the same. Like if I, like, I like when I used to play with my hands as a kid. I I always used to get told like, don't like don't like don't play with your hands or keep your hands down. And it was always when I got really excited about something. Yeah. And and now and I don't do it as much. But yeah. when I do, it, it kind of. It probably just means I've lost myself in complete excitement and that's that's totally okay. Sometimes it comes automatically as well and mm. that can be a fun thing. And at least 
when you're stimming, when you're excited, if your hands are doing something, and usually it's, you're letting out the excess energy, or it's for something for your hands to do. I'm doing the Mr. Burns thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he, he does that, doesn't he? He does yeah, that quite a bit. Sometimes I stand with my hands like that, like T-Rex pose, like Mr. Burns does. I oh don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. I've, I've, I've noticed posts online that other autistics do this. Go, am I the only one that does this? And I'm like. I don't realise I'm doing it until I look at my hands when I'm standing and I'm just like, I'm doing the Mr. Burns thing again, aren't I? <laughs> I get that as well. It kind of, and and like, like like loads of people stim, even if it's something as simple as like, I mean, I work on a checkout in a supermarket, but I notice that people just tap, just tap their hands on the desk, don't they? And that's like a form of stim, isn't it? Yeah, everyone stims in some way. It's not exclusively an autistic thing. Yeah. I, it is promoted in a neurodiversity sense or neurodivergent sense um, because it's more common in neurodivergent people where you have ADHD or, aut- or autism. If you look at it in a neurodiversity sense, anyone could stim in some ways, even if it's just like a, a flicking of a pen that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And that does count. So it would be nice if it was more normalised. Finally, any other comments? If if you want to like listen to my podcast, it's uh, called the Amish Show, and it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and it's it's mainly about music. But I I've only released a few episodes, so I'm still sort of working it out, and and I, I'm trying to just just see the world from an autistic person's point of view, and I want to get it out there. So so yeah, it's it, it's the it's at the Amish Show. Um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also, yeah, just 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 to any autistic people listening, just be yourselves. That's a fantastic way to conclude it. <laughs> Before we go, is do you have any social media for your music, or is that just all private? I do. So my SoundCloud is www.soundcloud.com forward slash m alban. So so alban is like spelt. So M is M, and then Alban is spelled A-L-B-A-R-N-E. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So that's my that's that's where my music lives. That's great. But yeah, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. It was great having you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been it's been a pleasure. That's great. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for listening to the Autish Podcast. If you like more accessibility, feel free to read the transcripts at autish.wordpress.com. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes. This is Onikage from Autish, signing out.